2: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Radio.
3: We're going to be on our way to the Mile High City, not physically, but just in a matter of seconds. We check in on the latest of the Denver Broncos. Welcome, as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there an unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Christmas hangover is over not not an actual hangover bucky from uh drinking too much i don't drink so i couldn't be hung over but it's the the days the feeling just the the remnants of the christmas holiday today it is now in the rearview mirror i still think that it lingers on the 26th and the 27th but now that we've made it to the 28th i think that that christmas is fully in the rearview mirror
4: (laughs) you think so Yes. Think it's fully, think fully, fully behind you?
3: Is it in your You're rear view good. mirror? I mean, always. On to the all, next. All, always? On to the next. On, ah, the next. on Monday, not. On Monday, there was no like, oh, man, it still kind of feels no. like Christmas no, sort no, of feeling. No. There was none no. of that? Uh, on, on to the next. On, on to on. the next. Yeah, on to the next. next Takes next. me a couple of days, to be honest. It really does. How long do you Today keep your tree up? Today was the first day.
4: How long do you keep your tree up? you keep your tree up to March? How long, how well, long before you here's, break it down?
3: My wife, because she's Armenian, likes to keep it up uh, until January sixth, Armenian Christmas. Mm-hmm. So that's usually the plan. Except a few years ago, when our tree died in mid December, that we had to we had to throw it out when when the garbage day worked out. Because otherwise, it was just kindling in our living room, and if something would have sparked it, look out. But this year, because of 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 the baby. Mm -hmm. Just turned 20 months. That's kind of, that's the danger zone for me, like of where he doesn't know it's a tree. and doesn't know it's Christmas (laughs) and doesn't know that it could completely fall on top of him. So we just, we put up a small, cheap plastic tree this year.
4: A little Charlie Brown Christmas tree.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Just something, you know, a little bit, a little bit bigger, a little bit fuller than that, but not, not, not much. And it was it was good that we did, because within an hour of us putting the lights on there and a few ornaments, the ornaments were already off and the tree was pulled out because it wasn't that heavy. So it was actually a smart move by us on Christmas to to not go all out, because I'm a live Christmas tree guy. That's who I am. My cousins run a Christmas tree farm uh, in uh, north central Wisconsin. So we've always been a real tree person. And so that was a little difficult to take, but within an hour of putting the tree up, I realized we made the right decision.
4: Made the right decision.
3: Yes. So the lights are up. There are still a few presents underneath the tree, but that'll be the case for a few more days. So uh, the uh, Denver Broncos, uh, <laughs> they probably feel like they've been hungover from what's uh, been going on the last week. It was on Monday, Nathaniel Hackett gets fired. Then on Tuesday, we hear from ownership and GM George Payton. Today, Bucky. We get to hear from Russell Wilson talking about the firing Mm. of Nathaniel Hackett.
5: Obviously, you know, devastated by Coach Hackett because I think he's an amazing man, amazing teacher, amazing father, just watching him with his kids and what he's been on to do and how he's taught the game for us. You know, this season has been um, a season that we never thought was going to happen the way it did. And uh, he was a guy that spent all his time, all of his effort um, into us as players, as staff members, everybody coaches as well. And so I think that he, um, he's going to be an amazing coach. He's one of the brighter minds that have been around. And I think also, too, it's been a crazy season, tons of injuries, tons of everything else but the reality is is that you know i I wish i could have played better for him too wish i could have played at the standard and the level that i've played you know i've always played at and know know how to play at so but what i do know is uh, he's resilient he's gonna be a tremendous coach like i said and you know love him to death and everybody uh, misses him for sure
3: (laughs) i feel like there's a little over the top there devastated yeah love him to death love him Love him. yeah, love him. absolutely. Like, and, and it was the the. Let's wait twenty eight seconds into the soundbite mm-hmm. for me to take any blame. Did you? Are you, are you did you hear that as well?
4: Uh, you... I mean, like, I took it for what it was. I mean, that's that's Russ being about as up as he, Russ. Yeah, as he can do. He, he took some ownership, which he could have played better because he he knows, man. Like, here's here's the thing. And he may have never come out publicly and said, he knows he didn't play up to the standard, and I think he has to. Live with that, and I also think the other thing with Russell is <clears throat> this will be the first year where he won't be able to push it over on someone else. He'll have to look in the mirror because for the first time uh, on our side, the media has pointed the finger at him before. Because you got to remember, prior to this season, everything was like uh, Pete Carroll, that old archaic offense. They're holding him back. They need to let him cook. Why they run the ball so much? Yada yada yada. Well, now we've seen him in a different uniform, and he looks different as a player. And it's the first time that people have been able to say, hey, maybe it wasn't them. Maybe it's him. And so this will either make him go in the lab and figure out how he can improve his game or look, he'll fall off and he'll never be the guy that we saw again.
3: We're going to hear from George Payton and actually Sean Payton, former Saints head coach, in just a sec as they weigh in about Russell Wilson. But there's something that you said there, and there's actually something that you said earlier in the show that makes me want to say this now. And it's to the point of how we look at Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are a team that I watch every single week. Mm -hmm. They've been my favorite team since I was six or seven years old. That's, That's who I watch. It's who I was invested in. And you're right. When you watched Russell Wilson last year, coming back from that mallet finger injury, and you think he's doing the right thing by coming back after missing just three games, but was not right after that, and really wasn't right the the rest of the season. Maybe one game there was a you know a a surge. I think it was against the Lions. He had he had a big game, but it just it wasn't the same Russell Wilson. He also hasn't been the same Russell Wilson running the ball uh, and, and being on the move. But the interesting point in all of this is. Because of the coaching changes, and you just mentioned, like, oh, Pete Carroll's the problem. Remember when uh, Brian Schottenheimer leaves Seattle, they look for an offensive coordinator, and Russell Wilson did have input. He did have input in bringing Shane Waldron in from the Rams. And it still didn't necessarily cure Russell's problems. And now you see what Geno Smith, and I know Geno's regressed a little bit over these last couple of weeks, but he's done a really good job and the offense has done a really good job considering what their expectations were. And And it's something like that Bucky. That is something to me. That's very telling that Russell Wilson did have input and was able to say who he felt he wanted as an offensive coordinator in Seattle. They gave it to him and there were problems. And then Russell leaves and it's not just see Russell's gone and Gino's doing well. It's, you know, the the handpicked guy that, you know, Russell settled on is also doing well in Seattle. And I don't think a lot is, is talked about that, maybe because it's not a big national story. But that's another sort of thing that you point to and say, what's not right with this picture?
4: Yeah, I think that's the big thing. And I think that's when it really resonated with people, not only about Russell's struggles in Denver, but the fact that a journeyman that many people made the butt of a bunch of jokes has gone to Seattle and played at a Pro Bowl level. You can't underestimate that part of it. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith stepped in for Russell Wilson when no one thought that he would even beat Drew Lockout as a starter, and he played at a Pro Bowl level. Regardless of what you think about the Pro Bowl, he was recognized as an all-star, one of the top three in the conference. Geno Smith. And so when that happens, and the fact that there was a point in the season where the Seahawks were not only con- contending, they were at the top of the division, and it looked like they may end up with 10 or so wins yeah. with a, a quarterback that people had cast off. That's really when it changed. And so people were beginning to wonder, like, well, maybe maybe Russell was holding him back. Maybe Pete wasn't as crazy for wanting to play a certain style. When you see Geno Smith, high passer rating, high completion percentage, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett playing well, all those things. And so going back to the conversation about Russell going to Denver, the reason why I always wondered why everyone was excited about him going to Denver, I felt like he left a better supporting cast in Seattle than the one that he was taking on in Denver. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both all-star players. Sure. You know, and so when we think about throwing the ball all over yard, he didn't get an upgraded set of receivers, you know? And so mm-hmm. to me it w- it was that part of everything that I couldn't understand. And maybe it'll change. Maybe next year we'll be talking and we'll have egg on our face because Russell comes back and plays at MVP level.
3: There was also the three games Geno Smith started last year uh, for the Seahawks, and I believe we went one and two in those games. But there wasn't actually, honestly, much noticeable difference between when Geno Smith was the quarterback, the Seahawks seemed to be pretty conservative. They lost an overtime Sunday night game against Pittsburgh and beat Jacksonville and They lost another game. But there, there wasn't that much difference, and that uh, maybe could have told you. Now the question is, uh, is Russ fixable? Broncos GM George Payton weighing in on that topic.
5: Russ even said he didn't play up to his standard, and he'll be the first one to tell you he didn't play up to his standard, didn't play up to our standard. He needs to be better. Uh, I don't think we made a coaching move based on Russ. You know That wasn't what it's all about. That's, why, that's not why we're getting a new coach to turn around Russ. It's about the entire organization. It's about the entire football team. It's just not one player. It's not whether Russ is fixable or not. Uh, we do believe he is. We do.
3: The interesting last part is they believe that he's fixable, but it's not about Russ being fixable.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: It seems like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth if you're George Payton there.
4: Oh, you you are talking about both sides of your mouth because he knows it because there's also a lot of pressure on George Payton because he handpicked Nathaniel Hackett to be the guy to fix or, or take the team and Russell Wilson to the next level and they were going to be a match made in heaven and all these other things that we expected. And it didn't turn out to be like that. So now he has to figure out, I can't mess it up with this next one. And I can't make it all the way about Russ because I need to distance myself away from Russell. Because if Russell plays bad next year, we got to cut him. And I need to figure out a way to put myself in a position where I can be around to do it. And so, yeah, he's he's on thin ice and he knows that.
3: That's the interesting part of it, though, because as we heard a report now and this came out yesterday that the new head coach would report directly to ownership and who was brought in. in in debating that like that to me is enticing for someone who wants a lot of control if they're the head coach to be able to report to ownership is something that Sean Payton did with the Saints and what Pete Carroll does with the Seahawks. Like, There's a lot of cachet with that. And it seems to me that the Broncos, I don't know, big game fishing, big game hunting for that that mm-hmm. coach, because George Payton can say all that he wants, but his number one, he is tied to Russell Wilson. Like it or not, do whatever mm-hmm. you can. There's no way that you can really distance yourself. And number two, now you don't have the power of a real GM or the role that you thought that you had. He is, to me, almost in a lame duck situation um, with – the Broncos now, especially if you're bringing in a guy that is going to report directly to the owner. It's a tough spot for for George Payton to be in, and I I don't know how long his future is going to be in Denver.
4: Oh, he's definitely in trouble. And so, I mean, in trouble in terms of, yeah, this is the last chance. He has to make sure that he gets this one right. And with Russell, um, he has to convince somebody to take him on, and someone has to listen to how they will – fix Russell as part of a plan to rebuild the entire team. That said, I think the owner did a great job of saying, no, 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 it's not about the quarterback. The quarterback is a part of it, but the guy that I'm looking for is a leader. Um, he's able to hold everyone accountable. He's able to set the vision. All of those things matter. And so we're going to have the court, the head coaching carousel spin crazy in a couple of weeks. And we're going to hear all these names and these names about being play callers and schematics and have to, have to build around the quarterback and all that other stuff. And the biggest mistake that people make is we've elevated the quarterback to a position where we feel like it's the quarterback than the rest of the team. But the best head coaches coach the entire team and they're able to demand a level of commitment, accountability and earn the trust of everybody in that locker room. And so when we're talking about these coaches, you got to dig a little deeper and not look at the guys who have the big old play sheet that looks like. Um, a menu at your favorite restaurant but it has to be the guy who you feel like has the leadership ability whether they come from the offense or defensive side of the ball it's the best leader and then you figure the other stuff out
3: I know we're tight but I do want to play this Sean Payton cut because his name is going to be connected with Denver whether it's realistic or not he weighed in on what he would do with Russell Wilson you correct flaws immediately and then we don't worry about how long the process is going to take. In other words, today, I'd want to cut up of all Russell's pass plays of 30 or more yards from the field, and I'd want to see if, if, are there some schemes that he felt very comfortable with. Then I'd want to look at another film of his red zone touchdown passes inside the 20. What I'm asking for from assistance is I'm, I'm asking for some of his greatest hits and to make sure that we have those song lyrics available, <laughs> and if not, let's put them in. Mm-hmm. That was Sean Payton on the herd. The good thing is the touchdown pass clips would be pretty short uh, if it was for this season. You'd only have like about
4: <laughs> yeah. <minutes. laughs> but What I like about that, and what I want people to understand who may not understand what Coach Payton is is getting at, what Coach Payton wants to do is he wants to see Russell at his best. And we talked about in one of the hours, we talked about how the best coaches – Are able to adapt and adjust to the personnel that they're given they're able to elevate them by taking what they do and asking them only to do what they do well and so when he talked about I want to be able to look at the the the, their greatest hits and take the lyrics and see if I can replicate them over and over and over again that's what he wants to see Hey, maybe Russell does a great job of throwing the post corner so how many different ways can we create concepts with the post corner being the primary Uh, what things in the red zone Was he able to connect on over and over and over again? Okay, we want to make sure that we feature those kinds of concepts differently. I may change the picture, but I'm going to make sure that the read for Russell is the same. Great coaches have a tendency to do that. So anyone that takes that job, they're going to look at Russell, they're going to evaluate the tape, and they're going to take a similar approach to try and figure out how they can get him unlocked. Because if you unlock him and get him playing well, then the rest of the offense and the team will play well.
3: Just how they drew it up in Denver, right? Uh, He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer, and I'm kidding.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed? Do you notice you're losing a little bit of hair? You're shedding a little bit? Well, if you're noticing a little less hair on your head and you're checking your hairline all the time, you got to check out Nutrafol. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million
2: people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding.
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Camino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. We are in for both. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Byer. Get Bucky on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. See him on the NFL Network. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. Now, I know you do work for the Jaguars as well for their uh, broadcast and, and, and other things. So I know this may hit close to home, Bucky, but the <laughs> AFC South needs a change. What are you talking about? It's perfect as it's constructed. This is Peyton Manning covered up 20 years of irrelevancy in the AFC South, that, mm. or 15 years, 10 years. You could always count on on the Colts being there, winning a division, But now with Peyton Manning gone and you look at that Mm. division and there's just there's one thing is not like the others. When you look at the AFC playoff picture, Bucky Mm. and the AFC South needs a change. There are count them zero marquee teams in that division. And listen, uh, it's not a knock on the Texans. It's not a knock on the Jaguars, the team you work for or the Colts or the Titans. It's a fact. There are just there there are marquee teams in the NFL. Sometimes they happen organically, sometimes they just happen. Mm-hmm. But it's not happening in the AFC South. <laughs> and you need you need to change it up. You need to put the Ravens in that division. Why? Why are we, do we need to? Because we need it would look a lot better if it was if if it was Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore and Cincinnati atop the divisions. We need a change in the AFC South. Heck put the Dolphins in the AFC South. You could put the Colts in the East. It's where they were years ago. Just telling you, spice this up a little bit.
4: No, I don't like that. I don't like that you I like I like the South the way it's presently constructed. <laughs> I, I mean- like I like the way it is. The only the only team that's that's an odd an odd one is what you said, the Indianapolis Colts, because they're in the, they're in the Midwest. That's the only one. But yes.
3: Well, you can make some changes trying to trying to spice things up. JJ <laughs> J. Watt spiced things up yesterday at Arizona, as if the Cardinals needed more spicing. We'll talk about that and so much more in the NFL. Joining us now, covering the Cardinals and the NFL, has done so for a long time. Now doing it for PHNX, Howard Balzer joins us here on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Hey, Howard, Merry Christmas, Happy
3: New Year. How are you?
5: I'm doing well. Same uh, same holiday wishes to you and and everyone out there and. Uh, I, I think I heard heard this previous conversation right, but I know you don't want to get into that right now. So <laughs>
3: the, the, That's okay. I was just, you know, like, you know, Bucky's got his ties. You know, he's working with the Jaguars, and I'm just I'm saying, hey, Bucky, you know, let's spice this up. Howard, you want to weigh in on Is, is this just absolutely well, absurd, or, or, or is there no, merit well, to well, my idea? It,
5: it's all cyclical. I mean, it's all cyclical. I mean, a few years ago, the NFC East was horrible. I mean, for several years. You, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, one year Washington won with one with a losing record. I think a few years mm-hmm. ago. So it's cyclical. It's just the way it goes. And who knows? Maybe, maybe at some point, the way they're playing right now, Jacksonville is going to be the marquee team at some point because they're certainly on a, on an upward path right now.
3: Well, Trevor Lawrence then could carry that Peyton Manning torch because he hid it from all of us for so long, in, in realizing, maybe, maybe that's going to be the case. J.J. Um, J. J. Watt announces his retirement yesterday. Apparently a shock to a lot of people in Cliff Kingsbury. Was that the message uh, today in Phoenix?
5: Well, I-, I don't know if it's totally shocking, especially when you hear some of the things, A, what J.J. What J. has experienced this year early in week four uh, with the heart situation where he had to get his heart shocked uh, back into rhythm and then on hard knocks a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about as he gets older and you realize how hard it is to win in the NFL and the grind that you go through so from that level i i think it's more the timing that took some people by surprise that you know all, all of a sudden on a you know on an off day on a tuesday and he said today he told the media that He'd made up his mind a while ago this season that this was going to be it. He even said he told people in the building that it was going to happen, and he thanked them all for keeping it, you know, keeping it quiet. But I think when you, when you look at all that, 33 years old, the injuries he's had, the way he works himself just to be ready for the season, much less during the year. And so, you know, like I said, so from that level, I think it was more the timing. On a Tuesday, he puts it out on social media right after his last home game. And, and so I think that was the surprise more than anything. If it had just been announced after the year was over, I don't know if it would have had this, quite the same impact, even though the guy's having a heck of a year, but I'll tell you, tell you guys, if you knew what JJ J. Watt put himself through in the last, you know, 13, 14 months after his shoulder was shredded in a game against his former team, the Texans and and then went through the surgery and the rehab and somehow got back on the field for the playoff game. Didn't play great, but he got himself back. And then a few days later, he was in the facility working like a fiend to be in as best shape as he could for this season. And I think all those things in combination, uh, he just said to him, it's time. And that's, that's basically, I think, what, uh, what drove his decision.
4: Mm-hmm. How is he going to be remembered?
5: Wow. I mean, unfortunately, there'll be a certain, certain remembers about what could have been if it wasn't for a lot of the injuries he suffered. But even with all that, I mean, heck, the guy was a three time defensive player of the year and talk a little bit today about the frustrating part. You know, I mean, he never got the championship was never on really great teams and that, and he said that, you know, that kind of weighs on you a little bit, but he'll be remembered as as a guy who was one of the best Uh, to play that position, you know, and to be a pass rusher, you know, he's not one of those freak athlete guys, right. Who just busts around the edge because he's freakishly fast and has tremendous moves. I mean, he, he just does it with guile and technique and with effort. And just, just, just goes on every play. I mean, heck the first, the first half of the game against Denver a couple of weeks ago, man, he had, he had, he had three sacks and tackles for loss just in the first half. I mean, it was just unbelievable uh, to watch. So I think I think that's truly how he'll be remembered. In addition, let's not, you know, let's not, you know, uh, not talk about it is what he did off the field and yep. and how and how he impacted others with the hurricane in Houston and just all the all the charitable things, you know, he's involved, you know, he's involved with and and just always feeling that that was important to give back. The impact he had on younger players And his leadership, Uh, he, 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 you know, he did a thing a couple weeks ago where he made a speech to the team in a meeting room saying, Hey, you know, we're taking up a collection. There's sign-up sheets in the meeting rooms for all you guys to take care of the people that you don't even realize that are there. You know, the people who wash our clothes and the people who unload the plane and the people who do this and do that and think of them and think of what they do when you put down on that sheet, what you're going to give. And after he spoke today, I quickly said to him as he was walking out, "I said, hey, after that, after that deal a couple of weeks ago, did, did the team did the team come through?" And he looked at me and said, "Big time." So I think a lot of that, obviously, will be what he's remembered for, also, and probably a lot of that that he'll continue doing after he's after these last two games.
3: Yeah, he gets it. He uh, he got it. That that is for sure. Yeah, the, the the thirty plus million dollars he raised, as you said, and. For you know, residents of Houston with the hurricane, um, it's probably going to be the the, the longest lasting of anything that, uh, as you said, that he did on the football field. Howard Balzer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, talking about the NFL. Might as well stick with the Cardinals. Um, wh- what is the atmosphere with Kyler Murray? You know, done for the year with that ACL. Cliff Kingsbury's job status is kind of unknown at this point. Steve Kimes away from the team. How weird of an ending to a season is it right now with the Cardinals? Oh,
5: well, you know what? It's a fitting end. Considering the way it all started, and you really go back to February and all the things that have happened to this team. I, I've never, I, I, now, certainly I haven't covered a lot of different teams, but I've certainly watched the league and covered the league, and I don't recall anything, seeing anything like what's happened to the Cardinals. This year, and certainly being there on a daily basis with the off season, and you know, signing a player for depth in the in the secondary, a guy named Jeff Gladney who who gets killed in a car accident, Rodney Hudson's talking about retirement, DeAndre Hopkins gets suspended. Almost every move they make backfires because of crazy reasons. The injuries uh, that they've had. They have one player on offense who started all uh, off, uh, you know, fifteen games. That they've played, it's been just one thing after the other, and then, like you said, just in the last couple of weeks, Steve Kine steps away uh, after the game. You know, during during the trip to Mexico City, the offensive line coach Sean kugler gets fired for allegedly groping a female security guard. I mean, it's just it's just bizarre. So many of the things that have happened, and it's like every day there's a new guy on the injury report. They had the, the incident with Antonio Hamilton, who was going to start at corner and in late august he has a cooking accident in his kitchen and spills hot grease on his feet and misses four games and now he's had a couple more injuries like i said it's been one thing after the other and i'm sure there's me a lot of people in his organization saying well we're going to be glad when 2023 comes because it can't be any worse but there's so much that they have to do they have I guess we'll say now 30 unrestricted free agents because you don't put Watt on that list because he's retired, but they have a lot of player decisions to make. What's going to happen with the general manager spot? Will Cliff Kingsbury be back as head coach? Boy, 2023 is shaping up to be. I have a lot of of huge questions on how this team is going to try to bounce back from obviously a very disappointing season.
4: You know, Howard, I know you know this ownership group fairly well, and they've always been kind of reluctant to change. Do you sense, though, that after all of the stuff that you outline, that this might be the year where they do the organizational reset, where they're like, hey, we can't continue to go the way that we're going because we're kind of languishing in mediocrity? Do you sense that maybe from Michael Bitwell?
5: It, it very well might be. And, you know, it's hard to get a read. The one thing he's never do, he's never done. I mean, they've made change at times, but he's always promoted, usually with general manager jobs or whatever it is, he's promoted from within. You know, they did fire a coach, Steve Wilkes, who certainly this year is doing a great job in Carolina. They fired him after one season uh, a few years ago and then made the – You know, the kind of unconventional hiring of Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach. So it's hard really to get a read on what what he might do. I know he has a lot of respect for the two guys that right now are the interim, quote, GM. You know, two minority candidates potentially for the one job uh, with Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson, a former great player in the organization. And, And I do think Michael Bidwell looks at it, like you mentioned, mediocrity. And I mean, they were 11 and six last season, and were showing progress. But really, the injury bug started last year and has continued this year. And the other thing that's a big unknown is when is Kyler Murray going to be able to going to be available to play football after tearing his ACL? So Bidwell could look at it and say this was just a strange year, and I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm ready to make a change. He just he just, can't predict what he is going to do. And you might be right, Bucky, Bucky, in terms of what he might do, but that's that's one guy that's very, very difficult uh, to read in terms of the decision that he will have to make here in about, what, about a week and a half.
3: Covering the Cardinals and the National Football League for PHNX, Howard Balzer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Howard, one more before we let you go, because we were talking about the city of St. Louis yesterday. Give us three things that you need to... I know you're a long-time resident of St. Louis, now in the desert, though. Three things a vacationer would do in St. Louis outside of the arch. So if I was to oh, go that, vacation in St. <laughs> Louis, what are the three okay. things that I need to do if I'm going to the city?
5: All right. Well, um, it, if you have... Now, I guess you qualify. If you have kids, um, one place that you have to go is the zoo. It's okay. a phenomenal... It's a phenomenal zoo, and there's also a science center that's very close to it that is a tremendous place uh, to go. That, that. So that's certainly uh, n- number one. And now now you, wow, in terms of, you know, there's a lot of great wine country, you know, out out in the suburbs that are great. Okay, uh, I didn't know, you know that. Know, win- wineries uh, to visit. There's a whole bunch of them. About, they're about 20, 25 miles uh, from downtown. And let's see, what can I come up with? As my uh, as well, my the reason, one. and
3: I'll let you, and uh, because uh, w- Iowa Sam, our technical producer, his uh, sister was stuck in St. Louis because of all the airline troubles, and I was, in, I, I'm a Midwest guy, but I was only in St. Louis once, and we went to the Arch, we went to a Cardinals game, and we went to the Bowling Hall of Fame, and the Bowling Hall of Fame is apparently gone now, so it's just the Cardinals and the Arch. So I was trying to figure out other things to do in St. Louis if the Cardinals weren't in town and you already went to the arch. So that's, that's yeah. where this all originated <laughs> from. It's tough. Well, the, you know, the zoo and wine country right now.
5: Yeah, there, there we go. There we go. And the, and the other thing is then after the day, I mean, there's, uh, you know, the Hill, uh, the Hill area of town, which is where Yogi Berra and Joe Garziola uh, grew up. Uh, it's called the Hill. And there's, I mean, there's almost, a, there, there's a phenomenal Italian restaurant almost on every corner there. And so for, you, I'll tell you that you won't get a bad meal just about anywhere in St. Louis. And, and the one thing that you have to get, which no one has anywhere, is the unique toasted ravioli that they have mm. in, in St. Mm. Louis. That's, okay. that's pretty much at any one of those Italian <laughs> restaurants. And there, there's nothing like it anywhere. I, I guarantee you that.
3: Doing the work of the Chamber of Commerce. Howard, we appreciate it. We know it's a busy day. We appreciate your time. Love talking to you, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much.
1: Covino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns. And if you're planning a trip, two words for you, graduate hotels. There's no better place to stay.
2: higher ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for?
1: That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. My
5: pleasure, guys. Take care.
3: Get them on Twitter at HBalzer721. Yes, I I didn't find much to do in St. Louis when I was there, Bucky, years back. And so we were trying to trying to figure out stuff to do in St. Louis. I said there was nothing else to do. Howard has now proved us wrong.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: It's Cavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. But I'm Dan Beyer. He's Bucky Brooks. In for Cavino and Rich today, live from the tire rack.com studios and, you know, Bucky, we just had Howard Balzer on talking about uh, a lot of stuff in the NFL, specifically with the Cardinals. Howard, uh, obviously a longtime resident. I shouldn't say obviously, but was a longtime resident of St. Louis. Now moved out to the desert asking him about the uh, the highs and lows and the, the, the visits, the places to visit in St. Louis. And he stopped after two and so this is what I'm saying. Like, you take the arch out in a Cardinals game. What do you do? Iowa Sam uh, has two other recommendations if you are visiting St. Louis.
0: Mm. Yes. So I, I have an affinity for St. Louis, and I have to say I never visited here, and I really regret it. It's called the City Museum, and it's basically this architectural um, uh, museum. It's a obstacle course Sounds for rabbinic. childrens and adult. No, I think – listen, man, if you read the reviews <laughs> – Oh, there's also the uh there's also the St. Louis Botanical Garden. I've been there. Amazing okay. place. Absolutely amazing. City Museum, which is basically this obstacle course for children and adults, uh, which I would love to go visit. And then uh Forest Park, which is a huge for uh park right in the middle of the city where they have little amphitheaters and tennis courts and swimming pools. So listen, St. Louis has got more to offer than you think. So All I'm right. here, I'm here to be a spokesman and You're representing
3: uh St. Louis, uh, Louis. I am. Uh, Mike Gundy, Sam Lewis, Mike Gundy. <laughs> Always representing Oklahoma State, even after a loss in the uh, guaranteed rate bowl last night to Wisconsin. Bucky, did you hear what Mike Gundy had to say last night when he was asked a question by a reporter? Did you hear this? I
4: I did not. I
3: have never heard. You're about to. This was the exchange after the loss last night when a reporter wanted to ask a question about Mike Gundy's coaching staff.
5: So staff changes are starting to happen earlier
4: and earlier now with the portal um, being a thing. Do you, do you anticipate any, making any changes to your staff right now and next season? Do you think I would have tell you if I was making staff changes? No, but I have Well to then ask. why would you ask? Because I have to.
1: It's my job. Okay, well I might have to cut you out.
4: I mean,
0: don't be an ass. No. Really? I mean those those people's lives, man. Those people's families. Right? Don't okay, okay, don't mess with people's families. Let's do this the right way. You with me on this?
3: It's not fair
0: to people's families, man. Right, that will conclude our press conference.
5: I'm not mad about the game. I just don't
3: like acres. Mm. And then the lady goes, as she was interrupted, like, congratulations on taking part in the Guaranteed Rate bull. Very awkward exchange. Mm. And normally, Bucky, I am on the side of the reporter. I'm actually on the side of my Gundy here. Why? You have to have expectations on what your question will be. That question is not going to be answered. I mean, it, if, it is not going to. Mm-hmm. And the and the excuse of saying, "Well, I have, I have to, to answer the question." Yeah.
4: Who said? Who said you had to?
3: Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what? You know how that story breaks is you talk to Mike Gundy, or you talk to a source, or you talk to a co- a coach, and then you find out that way, and then you're the one to break the story. There is no way that that information is going to be given by Mike Gundy immediately after a bowl loss. Nah, you gotta wait. Gotta have some tact. Yes. You know?
4: Families. Got families. <laughs> you gotta find yep. out. I gotta at least <laughs> tell him before the media tells him that he's been fired. But he knows. He knows I'm gonna dump him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Smoke their fire. But hey, let me at least tell him. You gotta get him right after the bowl game.
3: It's that's that's the part of it. Like the the part of the it's my job or I have to ask is is not correct because it, you don't have to ask in that setting because you're not going to get the answer. If it's in your job to get the answer, then you have to know the setting to ask that question. Now, Gundy threatening to cut the reporter out, I think, was just something that was spur of the moment. I don't yeah. think that that would, that would happen, even though college coaches have a lot of power over the media in their markets. He's kind of a bully. bully. It's a bully. Yeah, that's a a bully bully. move. Whether it really happens, I think, is something that is yet to be determined. Uh, It seems like it's just frustration that the question was answered. And maybe he was exaggerating and saying, talking about families and this and that. But I think that that is a part of it. But you just you can't ask that question. And so Gundy's going to get lit up for saying, you know what he said. But it's it's a bad question by the reporter. Bad question at that time. Bad question at that place. Mm hmm.
4: It's not the greatest question, and I get exactly what you're understanding. And I think we've seen in the last couple weeks reporters have some issues when it comes to maybe just the etiquette of how you go about asking questions and the responses that you may get back from a coach or player. Um, And so you just want everyone to be better when it comes to doing their job. And so you want the reporter to come back, hey, next time learn from this, figure out a better way to kind of get some of the information that you want to get so you can get it out there to you people.
3: There's the fallback, and I feel like that's the whole fallback of the job thing mm-hmm. of the, you, you know, one, just, you, just you didn't doing like my that. job.
4: That one, you didn't like that. You didn't like that falling back on the crutch. No, because hey, man, it's, the, my it's my not true. It's yeah. my job, guys. It's my job. It's
3: like there weren't six other reporters that were afraid to ask. There were six reporters who knew not to ask mm. in that scenario. That's what ended up playing. So it's not going to top a, I'm a man, I'm 40 but I'm sure this will get a little traction from uh, Mike Gundy. Uh, Bucky, what do you say we do it again tomorrow?
4: Hey, man, let's do it. Can Same wait.
3: place, same time, uh, getting a set for Week 17 in the NFL. We'll have Cowboys, Titans tomorrow night, and so much more. So for Bucky Brooks, find on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. You can hit me up on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. I'm Dan Byer. Talk to you tomorrow here on Fox Sports Radio.